0: Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. Thank you to all the loyal listeners. And in celebration of 100,000 downloads, we have a huge giveaway. We're giving away an autographed copy of Robert Kiyosaki's latest book, Second Chance. If you'd like to win an autographed copy of Robert's latest book, send an email to victor at victorjm.com and put 100,000 in the subject. We'll be holding the drawing on the last day of October. And the winner will be announced on November 1st. Send your email to victor at victorjm.com with 100000 in the subject line. Today we're talking about asset price deflation and price inflation. We tend to think of economics as orderly and scientific. If there's inflation, prices rise uniformly, and the relationship between elements of the economy should remain relatively constant. Unfortunately, that's not the case. The economy has so many interconnected variables that predicting the future is incredibly difficult. Could there be a situation where prices increase but real estate asset values decrease? On today's episode, we're gonna examine this very question. In an inflationary environment, the cost of construction goes up. in fact, we've seen very real increases in the cost of construction over the past several years. In 2014, you could routinely build B-class apartments for $88 a square foot. Today, prices are close to $120 a square foot in the US. It amounts to an average of a 9% increase per year over the past four years. This is during a time when government is telling us that inflation is running close to 2.5% over that same time period. I would argue that in fact, asset deflation could be a long-term trend. And if you don't believe me, you only need to look at Europe as a proof point. Even in North America, how many homes are actually selling below replacement cost? The price of an item is not determined by its intrinsic cost, but in fact, by people's ability to pay. Why would cell phones cost less in India than say in the United States? After all, they use basically the same components and the electrons flowing in the wires don't care whether the wires are in Delhi or New York. It comes down to ability to pay. The problem with measuring inflation is that governments use several tricks to lower their measurement when in fact prices are truly going up. One of the techniques they use is something called substitution. The idea behind substitution is that if a price goes up Consumers will switch to a less expensive alternative. So if you pick a bottle of, say, Fiji mineral water at the current price of a dollar and eight cents per bottle at Walmart, and let's say that price goes up, customers may choose the less expensive brand at 9 cents per bottle. Now never mind the fact that consumers would not consider those to be the same product. Government argues that they are in fact the same. The other trick in the consumer price index is under representation of elements of the economy. For example, Healthcare makes up 8.7% of the consumer price index, yet, healthcare makes up 18% of the total gross domestic product. Both cannot be true at the same time. We know that healthcare costs have gone up faster than inflation. By putting a lower weighting on healthcare, it has the effect of making inflation seem lower. This past summer, I spent a few weeks in France. Outside the hottest neighborhoods in Paris, or say the waterfront in the south of France, I found real estate to be relatively inexpensive. I was amazed at the lovely properties that could be purchased for very reasonable prices in markets all over France. Homes built in Europe are made of stone or concrete, and the cost of construction is more than double what a wood frame house costs in the U.S. or Canada. Yet prices are amazingly low. My cousin, who lives in Milan, bought his apartment in 1998. Today it's worth considerably less than the day he bought it. There has certainly been price inflation in Italy over the last 20 years. This has more to do with ability to pay than the underlying replacement cost. A lot's been written about the shrinking middle class. That's been true in North America, and it's been acutely felt in Europe for years. As governments have increased regulation, taxation, deficit spending, and fiscal stimulus, standards of living have continued to fall, and wages have not kept pace with inflation. Since wages have not gone up as fast as other costs, affordability eventually becomes the equalizer. The single greatest factor that has masked the problem is the availability of inexpensive debt. Most of the increase in real estate prices has tracked the availability of cheap money. If we see a contraction in debt or a significant increase in interest rates, you can expect the money contraction to result in lower asset prices. Now, while banks in Europe are highly leveraged, they generally don't write high ratio loans. In North America, we can get loans for 80% of real estate value and insured loans can be even higher. But in Europe, It's rare to get a loan at more than 50% of the property value. Debt's harder to come by, and therefore the true affordability determines the purchase price. The other factor that's masked the erosion of purchasing power has been the expansion of the labor force from the 1970s up until 2006. The number of women entering the workforce, coupled with improved income equality, has allowed household incomes to keep pace with inflation. But this has come at the expense of family time. And while there's still room for improvement, gender equality is likely to have a smaller impact on household income in the future compared with the past 40 years. The other effect that masks the true picture is another income inequality gap. Most of the income growth over the last 30 or 40 years has been concentrated in the top 1% of wage earners in the market, and to a lesser extent to the top 5%. If you're part of the lower 95%, you've lost ground since 1984. We've seen it play out all over Europe, and the result has been falling asset prices. I'm not predicting this is going to happen here in North America, but I'm saying it's possible. As you're forecasting your future projects, you definitely want to perform a sensitivity analysis and ask yourself whether your portfolio can survive if that happens. What I'm describing here, of course, is a falling tide. But even in the presence of a falling tide, you can have local market conditions where prices rise. So you definitely want to be investing in the very best locations where you have the strongest demand and the strongest ability to pay. At the end of the day, real estate is hyperlocal. In the meantime, as you're thinking about that, have an awesome day. Go make some great things happen. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow.